0: Who was cold last night? I couldn't get to sleep. Um, so I had, um, so for the first night I got up at one o'clock because I had to put a sweater on. So I had the sweater on, the hoodie on, and then I was able to sleep properly. So um, oh, I could have thrown on another blanket, but that just makes too much sense. People, it's like, it just makes too much sense. They don't, don't know what blankets are in Samoa. In the islands, um, but hey, I could cuddle my wife. Yeah, that's, we'll probably get counselling for that. Uh, but it's nice to have a little bit of cooler weather uh, around us. Uh, so this morning, uh, we're finishing off part four of our Under the Sun series, uh, out of the Book of Ecclesiastes, which we've mentioned throughout the last three weeks, is uh, one of the wisdom books in Scripture, and uh, the book writes about. Life around us, uh, and it's written, um, you know, the, the, and the writer kind of makes this argument that life under the sun and life as we see it, this temporary life that we live in, uh, this, this life uh, that we kind of exist in, uh, in its temporary and fragile form, without God is vanity, meaningless, purposeless, and empty, and so that's where, that's pretty much where the writer is kind of going uh, in Ecclesiastes, where Solomon's uh, experience is taken us in Ecclesiastes. And Solomon shows us that uh, every path that's out and every path that's pursuing uh, wisdom, wealth, uh, which even in themselves sound like good things, uh, pleasure, power, and legacy all have the potential to provide setbacks and drawbacks in our life. And uh, Solomon, in assessing uh, the profit and loss of life under the sun or the profit and loss of uh, life on this earth, uh, rightly reminds the the reader that that whether you're rich or poor, uh, whether you're wise or unwise, uh, whether you're a a just or an unjust person, whether you're a righteous person or not a righteous person, we all arrive to the same end on this earth. That end is death. And without God... Everything that's happened on this earth is but vanity. As we spoke about in part one, it's but a breath that's near one minute and gone the next. It's but a vapor that evaporates into the air. And so over the last three weeks, we shared uh, many thoughts uh, out of Ecclesiastes. And my hope is that you've uh, been able to take a bit of time to look at some of that stuff yourself and look at the book uh, yourself. But if you've missed uh, any of the episodes in the series, do jump online and have a listen to those. This morning, I'm going to share uh, briefly three points to take away and apply to your faith journey in a message that I've titled, What Now? I'm not talking about the TV program, What Now? Uh, I'm talking about the question, What Now? After hearing uh, from the wisdom of Solomon for three weeks, What Now? What should we do uh, with this teaching? And the answer to that question is not nothing or just forget about it, Um, but to remember what God has spoken to you throughout the weeks. You know, I believe uh, believe that God has put His finger on certain people and on certain things as they've been spoken throughout this week, uh, throughout this series. And so what now is to remember those things. And so I'm going to share uh, three things this morning uh, for you to remember also, and I'm believing that the application of uh, your three new things uh, this morning will be helpful to all of us as we, uh, be- as we bring this series to a close. And then at the end of the service, as uh, we've mentioned uh, throughout the weeks in the in e the news and in our notices, uh, we'll be anointing everyone for the year that is still ahead of us and I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But let's uh, get into this morning's uh, points. What now? If you're taking points, your first point this morning is to remember life without God is meaningless. To remember life without God is meaningless. A point that is often forgotten and ignored by people. Unfortunately, a point that is ignored and forgotten by even followers of Christ who decide that they're better off chasing after the things in this world than they are remaining in the house of God and remaining under the hand of God. Solomon in chapter 1. Uh, verse one, starting out the book all the way through uh, into chapter two, shares his observations of the emptiness and failure of pleasure to satisfy, which becomes a theme throughout his book. He shares on this thing called life and how it just, it, it just fails to satisfy uh, the human being. And partway through chapter two, uh, from verse 24 on, we hear a, a slight change in tone. And uh, it changes as he introduces this thought that life can be enjoyed when it's rightly viewed as a gift from God. So he goes, man, life, what's with this life? It's nothing. It's meaningless. And then in Ecclesiastes verse 24, he says, Nothing is better for a man than he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. He's talking about life, about what we do. This also, I saw, was from the hand of God. You know, a life that is without God is meaningless. Anything a person experiences apart from God is empty. Yet with God in the middle of everything, the meaningless vanity becomes something of substance. When God is in the middle of what is seemingly meaningless in this world, He can take that and make it something of substance. It is redeemed. It is born again. It is given a life that is everlasting. Now, we all know that only God can save a person from the cycle and And torment that Solomon writes about in Ecclesiastes. Only God can save uh, people from the plight of this world and its brokenness. And it's only with the power of God in our lives that we can be transformed and lose interest in playing to the selfish impulse and pride that we may have all experienced, which is meaningless. It's with God that a person can grow in the giving of himself to purpose and to responsibility for God and a mission to God. With God, life has true meaning. With God, life has true purpose. With God, life has true substance. And if we're here this morning and we're experiencing that, that, well, the great mission is that we share that message with the world around us. And so as we walk through life, we must remember that life without God is meaningless. And secondly, this morning, your second point, remember our Creator. Remember our Creator. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 1 and 2. Solomon writes, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds do not return after the rain. Remember your creator. So this is nice practical advice that leads to uh, the conclusion of this book, which is to come at the end of this chapter. And Solomon here is not talking about us just remembering and thinking about God. He's not talking about us, he's not talking about us walking one day and then kind of all of a sudden going, man, life's a bit, a bit rough, and then just kind of saying, oh, I remember God. as some kind of a feel-good lift for us. He's not merely telling us to remember the person of God in thought, but in biblical terms, he is calling us to take an appropriate action that goes along with remembering God. Remembering God and then taking action. Remembering God and then doing. You know, in the Bible, oftentimes when we're told that God remembered someone, it wasn't that God forgotten who they were. It wasn't that God had forgotten what He had promised His people. It wasn't that God had forgotten anything. But it's more that God was going to do something for that person. When Scripture says God remembered. It's often followed by, then God did. And so in Genesis 8, when God remembered Noah and his family floating out in the flood, he then got the wind to blow through the earth so that the waters would uncover the land that Noah and his family were to land on. In Exodus two twenty four, 24, when, when it says that God remembered the cry of his people, we then start to see unfold God's plan to rescue them out of Egypt. In Psalm Psalm 98, verse three, it speaks of God's continual action towards his people. And so God never forgets, but instead works forever on behalf of those he loves. Isn't that cool? Who wants God to remember them this morning? You know, this is the remembering of God that I believe we're called to by Solomon are remembering where we remember God and then that causes us to do for God, where we remember God and that causes us to action, not just to dismiss the memory of God. I believe that it's us remembering God's call and then acting on it, that it's, God's, it's remembering God's commitment, uh, God's commitment and God's commandments to us and then obeying them. It's remembering Christ and then abiding in Him. Not just the recall of memory, but a remembering that leads us to act. Because again, it's an appropriate and proper response of thankful children of God who love their Heavenly Father. So our remembering of him is to be in thought, word and in action. Our remembering of God is to be in thought, word, and in action. So one, remember life without God is meaningless. And two, remember our creator. And then finally this morning. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. We read, "Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep His commitment, His commandment. Sorry, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil." So Solomon's saying in conclusion to it, he's saying, hey, here's, "Here's here's the point." Fear God, and we talked a little bit about that last week. Keep His commandments. Everyone say, fear God. Everyone say, keep His commandments. Fearing God uh, is one of the themes uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes and in uh, wisdom literature. And as I mentioned last Sunday, uh, to fear God is not to be scared of God. But it's to respond to God with reverence, it's to respond to God with awe, it's to respond with God uh, with that sense of wonder. It's understanding that God is God in heaven, we are on earth, that God is transcendent and we are blessed that we're able to be in a relationship uh, with Him. It's also a reference here to serving God in purity of actions and remembering Him, remembering what He's calling us to, remembering what He's asking us to do and rejecting evil in our lives. Serving God with pure actions, purity of action, remembering Him and rejecting evil. Now it says to keep His commandments here, and it's it's a reference here to Old Testament law And uh, that's a law that was summed up by Jesus in Matthew 22 when he said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he said, that's the greatest of them all. And then he said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus goes on to say in that passage, all the other laws hang on those two. Love God. Love people. Fear God, keep his commandments. And then Solomon finishes the verse by saying, for this is man's all. You know, I believe here that Solomon's telling us that we're complete, that we are whole, that we uh, are able to fulfill all that God has called us to be when we do these two things, that we are our all when we fear God and all that that means And keep his commandments. When we have this pursuit. After God. And not a pursuit. After material things. After the things that this world has to offer. That are empty. That are vanity. That are like a vapor. For this is man's all. Fear God. keep His commandments. So the way you live life matters. And it matters because we're either going to try and find life's meaning uh, in the things of this world, we're either going to try to find life's meaning in stuff, in our profession, in our money, in our materials, or we're going to try to find life's meaning in Him. There are only two options. There's kind of no rule in between. We're either out for ourselves or we're out for God. We're either pursuing our will or we're pursuing God's. And then in verse 14, The final verse of the book, Solomon reminds us that what we do in this life and why it matters is because it has an impact in eternity. And get this, it's one people often don't like to hear. We will be judged by Jesus. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 17 I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every purpose and every work. There is a time for every purpose and every work. Second Corinthians 5 verse 10. we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. The way you live life matters. It matters to God. It matters to the kingdom. It matters to those who God's called us to reach to and to influence. It matters to those who are out there who are yet to be touched by the power of God or to be witnessed about Jesus by us. It matters to us as leaders. And it matters for you. And when we remember, when we're remembering God, fearing God, and following His commandments and His leading throughout our lives, you know, I, I believe that that, that that is where we'll find the fullness of God's joy. That is where we'll find His peace, His protection. And I believe that that's where we'll find a growing relationship with God and I don't know about you but I always want to be growing in my relationship with God remembering God remembering that causes us to action, fearing God a scared fear, but a fear that comes to him and, and, and is conscious that he is almighty. He is greater. He is bigger. And following his commandments, following his leading throughout our lives, I believe there we'll find the fullness of his joy. There we'll find his peace. And where we'll find a growing relationship with God. It's a journey. And it's a journey that we keep growing in. It's a journey. I know I'm still growing in it. But it's a journey that we keep growing in. It's a path that we keep, keep checking and keep walking in. And it's a journey that we keep encouraging one another in. Amen. And so at the beginning of the year, you know, as an eldership, we always love to take time out to anoint everyone in the church for that journey. You know, in biblical times, the anointing of oil uh, was a symbol of people being set apart for God. People being set apart for a purpose. And understand this morning, there's there's no power in the oil. It's symbolic of biblical times. The power comes through the Holy Spirit. The power comes from God. But this morning, the anointing of oil is a symbol for us of God's blessing of God's protection and of God's empowering for everything that He has set ahead of you in 2019. Because we believe that God has gifted you for more than just life under the sun. We believe God has gifted you for more than just a vanity type of life, for a meaningless type of life. We believe that God's gifted you for a purpose, for His purpose. More than I think many of us ever realize. Jeremiah 29, 11. A verse 1 well known in Elam churches. You may know it this morning. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, for good things, not for evil, for for a prosperous life, a life filled with His blessing and His overflow.